Hey everyone, you are now tuned in to Colors Newspaper Live, the talk show that is going to stimulate your mind through community issues and advocacy. I am your host, Anthony Gaines II, CEO and editor of Colors Newspaper Inc. Thanks for tuning in on this lunch hour. This show is surely to fill you up. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Colors Newspaper Live. I am your host, Anthony Gaines II, CEO, editor of Colors Newspaper. And like always, if you don't know who or what Colors Newspaper is and or is about, you are tuned into the right place, right here at our new home on Louisville's favorite gospel station, 1240 AM WLLV. You could tune into it online at www.wllvonline.com. So tune in online, share that link online. We want to get this message out to as many people as possible. We want to thank all of you who are tuned in, who's tuned in with us the past uh, few weeks. We appreciate the feedback. Um, and every week on this show, it is our goal to bring to you substantial needle-pushing, thought-provoking content that is sure to fill you up on this lunch hour. We appreciate you taking this lunch hour with us because that's what we want to do is make you think. You know, we don't have all the answers, but what we can do is create the conversation and dialogue that can spark the answers, that can start to get people to unify and think about what we can do. And uh, today's topic, we're going to follow up off of the topic last week and just like last week i brought uh doc robinson with me again we got such great feedback from doc robinson being on the show last week and we we got this idea of the the millennial and the boomer i'm a millennial he's the baby boomer so we're going to be able to bring you all topics of discussions and give you points of views from both sides and you know that's a a powerful thing right there as we all know it's a lot of back and forth between what should be done in certain areas between the boomers millennials boomers think millennials don't know anything right, right. we can't do nothing we're lazy <laughs> and the millennials think the baby boomers is past y'all's time man let us right, do what we right. want to do how's it going okay, how you doing how you doing i'm glad you allowed me to move into this space with you it's such a narrative space and the dialogue is going to be uh, one of great power Anytime we can sit down together and create dialogue, it's powerful. Uh, I think the room is big enough for both of us, don't you You think? I think because, I mean, I'm a big person, but I think it's big enough for the both of us. And like we said, you know, well, the can value. Well, can the uh, engineer be the referee in case we get into <laughs> a castle in here? Yeah, he'll come break us up. Okay. He'll come break us up. All right. But I appreciate, appreciate you being on here. The value of having uh, your perspective, your experience along with the different topics I bring, you know, I think it is a great thing. So let's just get right into it. Okay. I know we following up the conversation of last week, the black church. I had people call me and say, um, hey, aunt, don't call out the church. You know, yeah. my pastor is doing this. He's right. doing that. Right. Um, you know, that you don't have the consensus for everybody. And we don't, we're not saying that we do. We just want to highlight, you know, what are the differences? I, I'm interested in figuring out now, what are the differences between the black church today and the black church in the 60s? So I came across this group study, an ongoing study uh, from a group called Borna. 
and this study that they have on the black church uh, talks about how it shows that the general black population which is 71 percent and black church goers which is 79 percent say both spiritual and social issues should be the priority of the church so my question to you first today doc is you know looking at those numbers 79 percent people say that both spiritual and social issues should be the priority of the church do you think that is um, a fair assessment of today and if not how do you okay make I, that uh, more relevant? I think it's relevant and you see the numeric is higher as those who uh, hold on to the resistance factors because we have to understand that the role of the black church has been very significant. Uh, it has a historical legacy, and that legacy uh, historically is rooted in slavery. So there was always this pushback. Uh, the other thing is that the liberative action for black people's human rights within the context of the United States has always been led by the leadership of the black church. Uh, now, there are like the uh, four things that we might want to consider is the role of the black church, uh, the historical legacy that's rooted in slavery, and the liberative action. And the last thing is the international movement for black liberation, such as Pan-Africanism. So that numeric of 79%, I think it's highlighted uh, very factionable, right? Of course. The other thing that we might want to consider is the um, forms of black church. Okay, you notice I said forms of black church. The forms of uh, black church organizations are so diverse. Uh, they are diverse in their theologies, number one. Uh, second, they are diverse in their worship experience, according to uh, C. Eric Lincoln, because he states, there is no single, quote, black church. Uh, they're all so different. The term black church serves as a kind of sociological and theological shorthand reference to the pluralism of black Christian churches in the United States. So I use the word pluralism. So in that word itself, uh, it's diverse. So those numbers are definitely uh, factionable as being what's out there definitely definitely and all great stuff and there was another another thing i was reading about and it was talking about how one difference between the black church today and in the 60s is national leaders in the 60s you had someone like martin luther king the reverend dr martin luther king who was seen as a national leader somebody that um everyone going through the same struggle not everyone but a lot of people going through the same struggle were able to look to as that national leader so why do you think that today or let's say like this do you think that we have a national leader today on the same likeness of martin luther king someone that can shed to light the social and political issues i think there is a cadre of diverse leaders scattered across the United States. Uh, there is not one such leader. 
And in that Southern Christian Leadership Conference, you had a confederation of churches. Now, not all churches participated in the initiatives of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. But the Southern Christian Leadership Conference was addressing issues, uh, the educational, the systemic racism, white supremacy, and the political disenfranchisement. So in this movement, Dr. King became the poster man, if you will. And uh, those churches galvanized around him. And so as time went on by him being uh, galvanized with that type of leadership, uh, as his message was not only for uh, Montgomery, Alabama, uh, it also became a message for all the other 49 states. Mm -hmm. And so the leadership was there, and the media picked up on this one poster man who had a seedbed of leadership behind him that upheld him as he being the leader and they the pillars. But it was all equal work. And him being an integrationist probably would pick up more of the media than a nationalist like Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. And so that's another story and a good story, too. Definitely. Now, do you think that it's possible to even have something like that going on today where there's just one leader that, you know, the black community, quote unquote, appoints as the voice of the community? Do you think today's age with social media and the Internet cancel culture that something like that could even arise in today's society? I think that the uh, Internet, that platform, the media, can uh, upbrace or bring up leaders. And then uh, I do believe that God will put his finger on the leader that he wants to have out front. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of prophets. I know you had the four major prophets, but there are other prophets, minors. Uh, so everybody was, uh, you know, doing their part. And I think what happens here in this country, we all look for a celebrity. God does not need celebrities when he's trying to establish truth. The only name that should go in the book is the name of the person doing the work as a contribution to the kingdom. And in the country we live in, uh, we look for celebrities, one who can sing better, the one who can preach better. Well, we have to understand people like Fannie Lou Hamer, Ella Baker. These were not oratorical uh, people. They were people who hurt, people who were in pain, and they knew how to tell you that they hurt. So if the social media is going to be a platform, let it become a platform to showcase the agony and suffering that people of color and African-Americans go through and marginalize people in the context of where we live at. Yes, please join in on the conversation if you want to. We're going to try this out. We only got a 30-minute show, but we got enough time to try to get one or two callers in. The number to call is 502-571-1240. on this conversation of the black church. Um, also, I was thinking of myself as far as the black church. I'm a self-evaluating right, person. Right. So I even, you know, criticize my own thoughts about the black church and the state of the church today. And you do have to realize that we're in two different times from the 60s and today in 2021. So I definitely understand now that, you know, because of segregation in the 60s, right. the black church was a real place of refuge. Right. Where, you know, what it was a limited amount of places where black people could go to talk on these issues right. and feel safe in doing it. So I understand now that that is definitely a big part of 
why it seems like the role of the black church was um, so much more monumental in the 60s. And so maybe this black church still is doing things in today's age. It's just a different time. So if the churches are, you know, people that hit me up and say, my pastor is still doing this and doing this in the street. Right. If the churches are still doing that today, with the momentum that we have going on today in the movement, I was reading something that said, this is actually the first time in American history where you could say it's somewhat of a national consensus of morality issues in America right. when it comes to race. Dr. King helped illuminate and put on the conscience of America of race. But today is actually you got black and white people um, marching in the streets, fighting for justice. So how do we, you know, pick from what went right in the 60s um, and be able to use that in today's age with the technology, with the momentum that we have right now? I think uh, understanding the context of what you said, the black church, uh, the churches became resources. They were meeting places, houses of meeting places, uh, a place where they can come and formulate strategies. Now, what the uh, media platform and Internet does is to give you a greater uh, audience uh, quickly, as opposed to coming to a meeting house, uh, galvanizing leadership and strategies. So if you had, like, for example, a place where people could go on the media platform and they can establish what they're trying to do, uh, put out what they're trying to accomplish, then you're going to galvanize a much larger audience because it's a worldwide network. That's why it happened when you've seen riots, or not riots, or protests here in Louisville streets. Mm -hmm. You've also seen it in other countries because it's an indication that people are tired of being oppressed. Definitely, and I... Um we have a guest coming up at the end of the show. Okay. It's a young brother who has a book. He's writing a book, and we're going to let him come on here and talk about that book and give us some insight on how you can use this book in your life. But I got another. Can I ask you a question before we get started? No, definitely. Okay, do we need the boxing gloves yet, or are we still in the same space? <laughs> no, we're still in the same space. And, and it, Now, this next question I got for you, it might get, a little pe might get people a little bit more tight. Okay. So you're talking about, the pastors of today. Right. And how are these pastors trained going through these schools? So many of the Bible colleges today are led and infused with evangelical theology. Right. Which at its core is very anti-black and right. consumed with whiteness and white supremacy. Right. So it has to take a lot of untangling after you go through that studying in school right. to be able to then use that knowledge and use it for, you know, justice issues, social issues for the black community. So right. how have you and how have you done that? And do you think that that is a problem on why a lot of people think that the black church isn't doing as much as it could be right now? Uh, I grew up in a uh, Baptist church, progressive Baptist church, uh, actually formulated by the uh, progressive. And that's how you get people like Martin King. However, I was introduced to uh, James Cone, uh, books like God of the Oppressed, Black Theology, Black Liberation. It was far different from my Sunday school cookie-cutter classes. Mm -hmm. And so I said, wait a minute, something has to be wrong. So you're preaching one thing, so you're preaching only salvation. You know, we have to be saved, you know, and all like that. So yes, that's true. But at the same time, uh, God wants us to have the experience of what life here and have it more abundantly. 
So when you get to heaven, you won't need to have it more abundant because you'll be in abundance. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, my experience was to look around and see all these people worshiping on Sunday and then after the benediction uh, come out on Monday and then be called out of their name by, quote, the uh, items of white supremacist racism. Uh, seeing the signs on the bus, you know, it says colored in the back and this water fountain. So that couldn't be the same Jesus uh, my grandmother was teaching me about. Mm. Mm. Definitely. I, I know a lot of people my age don't go to church right now. Right. People say they're more spiritual so rather than why, religious. Why, why is that? Why do you think, I think that? It's, I think it's because of some of the points of what I just, the question I just asked you. Right. A lot of people think that... Uh, the church, the Christian, the Christian religion right. is a white religion. Right. You know, and a lot of people think that this is something that was taught to us by the slave owners to control us. Okay. And I think that's a real issue. So how do how do you, you know, as a boomer, think that you can address that issue? Because that's a major problem with getting millennials back into church. I think one of the major things is through education. Uh I'm reading a book now, How Africa Shaped the Influence of Christianity. There were three strands of Christianity. Uh, the strand that we got ended up in the West. That strand led itself to the doorway of establishing dominance through control. Uh, you know, you had the uh, Council of Nice, Nicene, then you had Constantine, but that was to help the Roman Empire uh, to actually spread more dominance and control through Christianity. Uh, as I said last week, you had uh, early church fathers who were black, like Tertullian. They were already talking about the formulation of the Trinity. Uh, you had the Mark and uh, witness the Apostle Mark already up in Africa with the uh, message. So they knew about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the strand we got today in the West is the strand to uphold the pillars of white supremacy. And that strand is always focused on evangelic, you know, the evangelical side, but not the other side. So what happens to the whole man? And what happens to the ideology that man is made in the image of God? Let us create man in our own image. So why are you going to allow me to have one half of the image and then suppress me on the other side and keep me down, trodden? Definitely. I think that's what millennials, with education, education, I think, you know, pastors today should say, hey, this Sunday, promote this Sunday service. This Sunday, we're going to actually talk about the Christian religion and African-Americans. And let them come and let them watch. So yeah. start having these topics on issues that the millennials are speaking on and invite them into the church right. to listen and, and let them be the judge of your education and your knowledge right. and seeing if you can actually get them to relate with you. Yeah, because any dialogue to be effective, you have to listen to those who are opposed to what is established. If you can't listen to the other person, then you're just suppressing just like the oppressor. If you come in and you say, Doc, I disagree with that. I need to hear you. Uh, understand why. And then see how we can come together and create some type of platform where we can both go forward equally without boxing gloves. <laughs> right, right. We don't want that. And um, so like I said, this is a great topic, and I'm sure we're going to continue to further this topic, going into more detail and different angles. Like I mentioned, though, I have Mr. Campbell here who has a book called The New and Complete You, the program. I'm about to bring him in to talk about. But before I get him on, I want to remind everybody to make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Colors Newspaper. Follow us, share our page, comment, 
what you think about the show. If you have any questions, we love to hear your feedback and send us a message. This Saturday, July 10th, we are having a youth cleanup in the West End, partnering with our friends at Louisville Tree Service. We're going to have about 15 to 20 kids picking up trash for a couple hours in the West End. The kids get paid $10 an hour, and then we feed them bare-nosed pizza after the cleanup. So please reach out to us on Facebook or on Instagram. Send me an email. My email is anthonywgains2 at gmail.com and sign your kids up. Please, 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 we want to grow this youth program. Um, our kid, We also take kids out to sell the newspaper. So just stay in touch with us. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. And we know it's a big mayor's race coming up. And there's a lot of potential candidates for mayors. We know about Pastor Finley. We know about Ms. Shamika. But we are trying to get in touch with Mr. Craig Greenberg. And um, we want to know what his issues are, his points, and um, what he thinks about what he plans to do as become mayor. So if you know how we can get in contact with Mr. Craig Greenberg, you know where his office is. Give us a shout out on Instagram or Facebook because Colors Newspaper wants to be able to go to all of these candidates and hold them accountable for what their responsibilities are when they come into office. So we're going to get right into it. I got Mr. Campbell here on the mic today. How's it going, Mr. Campbell? Man, it's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I met Mr. Campbell at a Juneteenth uh, event down on the waterfront. And uh, me and my family went out there and it's a bunch of black vendors and booths set up. And I took me a certain amount of money I was going to spend to support the vendors down there. And I ran into Mr. Campbell on my way out. Yes. And I told him, like, man, I just, you know, use what I had, but I can support you in this way. Amen. Which is, you know, get him the book looks nice. The message of it is great. So we're going to feature him in our newspapers, a book of the month. And we brought him in on the radio today to promote that book. And this is how we all need to do in the black community. We got to support each other with whatever resources um, or things that we can do. That's how we build off of each other. So tell us about this book. Man, first off, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me in. Um, as he said, we got to support each other. Uh, the brother said, look, I'm going to call you. Next day, I had a message. Hey, what's, what's a good date for you? So first off, I appreciate you for being a man of your word because so many times we do tell each other we're going to help each other and then nobody follows through. So I appreciate that. No problem. Um, so I, my name is Justin Campbell. I'm a mental health therapist. Um, and I am based out of New Albany, Indiana, so don't be afraid if you are in Louisville to go ahead and cross that 2nd Street Bridge or Sherman Midden Bridge. You ain't got to pay the toll uh, because that is one thing, uh, as you were talking about within our community, we've definitely got to do better is seek that help. Uh, and so this book that I have, The New Complete You, the program, and the tag there is Transformation That Leads to a More Productive Life. So what I did is I took, I call it a therapy one-on-one book. Mm. Um, and so it's got eight characteristics. And if you go through this program, um, it's a start, right? So it's not that it's going to maybe fix everything, mm -hmm. but it's a starting point, a jump off point uh, for people to start to kind of deal with some of the issues, maybe small issues, maybe big issues, um, but to kind of start dealing with some of the issues so that you can see some solutions, see how there are things that from your past that has... Um, got you to probably where your behavior where your attitude is now hmm. that is deep so i i love the topic mental health my wife is in 
in her mental health counseling uh, career. So I'm definitely learning more and more about it. I'm intrigued by it. But a question for you, what do you have to say about, you know, some people say that, of course, we all know mental health industry is booming. Well, it's on the rise. But you also have those people who say mental health is an excuse to the black community. What, what would you have to respond to those people? What I would say to that is I think many of us have been taught what happens in this house stays in this house. So I think the problem is culturally we've been told, you know, you're weak if you cry. You, uh, you got to be independent. And so we've taken those things to mean the wrong thing. So because of that, now you see all the issues. You see it even in our community because it's all about me and I got to get mine. If I got to step on your back to get it, I'm going to get it. Uh, and so when we've taken this independence, we've taken this, you know, not to uh, talk about things outside of the house. Mm -hmm. The problem is that's all that's all stored up like that's eating at you. And the thing is, it's subconsciously. You don't even consciously realize it is. Mm -hmm. But these experiences, whether it be trauma, whether it be things that happened in your childhood, things you just see in your environment every day that you don't think affects you because you're just used to walking home or used to just seeing it but you don't realize how those things impact you. And so the thing is, it's no different than a trainer. You, you don't, sometimes you can work out by yourself, but sometimes you need a trainer because when you work out by yourself or you just need a partner, because when you work out by yourself, you'll stop. Oh, I was supposed to do three out of 10 today, but I think I'm just gonna do two sets of 10. Right. But man, you got that trainer, you got that partner with you. Hey man, now nah, we gotta fit this in, we gotta get this. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said about actually helping because in our own ability and strength, We'll stop. You know, we'll, I don't need to do that. I don't need to work on that. I'm good with that. So that's why we really do, as a community, need to reach out for help because there are things that you can't pinpoint and there's things that you can't connect or don't want to connect that, that has led to where you're at today. Definitely. And I appreciate that insight and appreciate people like you, you know, black people going into this career field. Like I tell my wife, how important is it that you have black counselors available for people in the black community. I'm sure it has to be some type of disconnect when it comes to people that come from certain areas and going to, you know, a counselor who doesn't have the slightest idea of what that's like. Yeah, you know, I just want to put a plug now, uh, and I'm going to throw my, my business number out there because I get calls. I just got a call yesterday um, about somebody looking for black marriage counselor, and if possible, a black marriage counselor who is Christian. And so my number is 812-269-8619 if you need that for me as far as an individual. But I'm putting that out there for other therapists. I need your number. I need you to contact me so I have your contact information to be able to get other people help. I tell people all the time, this ain't about, I don't, I don't, I don't need to do everybody. You know, I just need to at least be able to have some resources, though, to get you plugged in somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So please, 812-269-8619, if there's other therapists out there, please let me know because I would love to know what you do and be able to have a resource to give you referrals. For sure. I heard him. Make sure you write that number down. It's a good resource to have in your phone. Write that number down. Reach out to him. Get in contact with him. I want to, you know, open up to you and, you know, I would love to put together a workshop together with colors and this book where we can create a workshop and get people out there and work through this book, you know, and introduce them into mental health, what that's like and what they can do to make things better mentally for their family. So I'm going to reach out to you. We're going to connect. On yeah. That. 
and we're going to make that pop. Man, let's do that. Let's do that. Listen, if you guys need anything, Might LLC, that is my name of my company, uh, and that is my website, mightllc.com. Uh, and everything you need is on there from the resources for the book, if you want to get a book. Um, if you're local, I'll come. Hey, I'm not too proud. I will come drive and meet you and, and sign it for you and give it to you. So whether you're looking for therapy, whether you're looking for a resource for a book or you're looking for a speaker, uh, please reach out to me, uh, mightllc.com. I'm on every social media. Mightllc.com. We thank you for coming out here today, taking the time out. Taking the time out. Go ahead. And that number again is 812-269-8619. Again, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, so if you just put in Might LLC, you'll find me. Plug it, plug it. That's how we got to do. We have to support each other. So make sure you reach out to him. We thank you for taking the time out. I know you got a busy schedule, and uh, we appreciate it. And before we get out of here, I just want to remind everyone, be sure to look out for the kids. So if you see some kids out in the street in some bright green T-shirts, they are with Colors Newspaper, and they are selling our newspaper. The paper sells for $1.50. The kids get to keep half of that $1.50 plus any tips that they make. You know, So if you see the kids out there, get you a paper, tip these kids because these kids got school coming back. A lot of them are trying to save money up to get new shoes and get new clothes. So make sure you support that. The newest issue of Colors will be out next week. So if you're out driving around through Louisville and you see that paper, get you a paper. You can also get the paper at Lyle's Mall. You can also get it in some shops in Nulu. I'm going to bring the list. I don't want to go down all the stores, but just look out. And if you go to a store that you frequent and they don't have colors in it, tell them they need to get colors in it. And then we'll get that right over there to you. But we appreciate everyone tuning in to Colors Newspaper Live. We will see you all next week, same time, right here on Louisville's favorite gospel station, WLLV. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Colors Newspaper Live. I am your host, Anthony Gaines II, CEO and editor of Colors Newspaper. If you don't know who or what Colors Newspaper is and or about, you are tuned in to the right place right here at our new home, 1240 AM WLLV. And I want to thank all of you who are tuning in during their lunch break, those driving to and from work, and anyone else who's tuning in. Every Wednesday from 1230 to 1, this show, we're going to bring you substantial, needle-pushing, thought-provoking content that is sure to fill you up. You can also find out more about us on social media via Facebook and Instagram at Colors Newspaper. Please, please make sure you follow us, share our posts, and stay tuned into the many programs we're managing. You can find your copy of Colors Newspaper, which is produced monthly in a local black-owned business near you, and also be on the lookout for our group of young boys and girls who sell in the newspaper in the streets in bright green t-shirts. Make sure you get a paper because the kids get to keep all the tips they make. Until next time, peace.